Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let us sit down. Take a joke. God bless us all in the name of Jesus. We are talking about understanding the value of a soul. Understanding the value of a soul. If I ask, thank you. If I if I ask you to pay one million pounds for this, the first thing you will say is that no, it doesn't make sense. Why? Because the value of this thing is not um, it's not equivalent to a million pounds. But there are certain things that has to make this thing equal to a million pounds. And this is a conversation that Jesus was concerned about as he began to share with people when he began to ask them to say that in Mark chapter 8 from verse 34, Mark chapter 8 from verse 34, he said, the Bible says, then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. It is interesting that when Jesus, <laughs> I thought he would call the crowd and not his disciples. And say to them that you are disciples already. But it seems like what Jesus was about to talk to them about, they did not have an understanding of what he was talking about. So we saw here that the Bible says he called not only them, he called everybody together and he said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself, pick up his cross and follow me. Then whoever saves their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Please note that Jesus clearly gave, gave a reason why somebody would save his life. Oh, sorry. Would, whoever, whoever will lose his life for my sake of the gospel. So that means that if somebody loses his life on any other thing that doesn't have anything to do with the gospel or with Jesus, it is a loss. It is not everyone that, uh, you know, somebody has a fighting generational battle and he eventually lost his life to it. I say, oh, God will come. No, it doesn't work that way. Jesus clearly says the reason why. And the Bible goes on to say, now, he now began to say, he said, for what good is it for somebody to gain this whole world and forfeit his soul or lose his soul? Verse 7 says, all what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? So, those are the things that we would be looking at. Jesus is stating two things. One, there is no way you can exchange a soul. There is nothing that you can give that will be equivalent to a soul. One of the reasons is this. Is that the reason why if I tell you this thing is 1,000 pounds and you will not accept because you can buy another one somewhere else. 
But assuming this is the only Bible in the world, you will buy it for 10 million pounds because that is the only one available. So what he's saying is that, see, there cannot be an exchange for a soul because a soul has no replacement. One of the things also means that I cannot produce this thing for 10 pounds and expect me to, you cannot pay, you cannot, sorry, I cannot produce this thing for 1,000 pounds and expect to take it for 10 pounds. Why? Because the value of what was produced inside of it. So when we go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 19, the Bible says, Now the Lord God formed from out of the ground all wild animals and all gods, and he brought them to man to see what he would name them. So what does that say? Everything was created the same way. A human being is created the same way an animal was created. They were all brought from the ground. So what now makes a human being different from, from, from an animal? When you go to verse, verse 7 of that, of that scripture, in Genesis chapter 2, it says, the Bible says, the Lord God formed from the dust, from the dust of the ground, and breathed into the nostrils. So what makes a human being different from an animal is the breath and the soul of God inside of him. So that means that when you take away the soul, the body is useless. The body is useless. Ecclesiastes makes it clear to us. Ecclesiastes 12 verse 7 says, and thus, the, the dust returns to the ground where it came from. And the spirit will to the God who gave it. So that means that there are two components. I know there are three, but let's, the major classification, we'll put them to two. Because we are not separating the spirit from the soul now. We're just saying the whole bit is the soul and the body. So the, we, the Bible says that and, you know, all we are trying to say here is this. It says that, it says that, the Bible says, the Bible is saying that the soul, your spirit, belongs to God. The body will return back to where it came from. And so when we begin to look at the scripture well, as the Bible begins to, you know, um, Job chapter thirty-two verse eight says that, but it is the spirit, but it is the spirit in a person, the bread of the Almighty, that gives them understanding. So the now, when you are now looking at the value of a person. It is important that you know what is most valuable in that person. When we were young, they used to buy digestive biscuits. So I rather put it digestive biscuit, it lies digestive and it's puffy. It will hit digestive. So when we are taking the digestive, you will take some, you will put the pattern back to the place. You'll be taking one after the other. Until when one day, when it pushes it and it's covered that it's just cut on them. So what, what I'm trying to say is that no matter how beautiful a carton is, if the content is not there, it is a waste of time. So that's why Jesus was saying it seems like people do not understand the value of their souls. People spend so much time on the body and no time or less on the soul. 
It's as if you brought a child from, from somebody told you to bring a child from school. You now say, ah, this is the clothes of the child. You see, it is very clean. It is nice. Where is the child? Ah, I left the child. So you brought clothes and you left the child. What you have in this outside body is your clothes. The Bible calls it your tent. It is good to take care of it, but if it's at the expense of the soul, it's as if you are taking care of, of the clothes and leaving the child. May God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So, you know, as we begin to read, to look even more closely at the value of the soul, one of the things is that, one of the things as we, as we just, I said, I'm just going to skip a couple of things. Let's, let's just go to um, Matthew chapter 7. So, please, it is important that when we are talking about the soul, it is not a maybe. The Bible is very clear. Have you had, and this is not bad, sorry. Yeah, it is not bad. It sounds good, but it is wrong. Have you had Christians who say nobody knows who will go to heaven? The Bible does not teach that. Why? Because a soul is too important for you to, to not know what is going Okay, can I give you an example? If you are going to come to my house now in London, or in Harry. If I tell you that I'm not sure if I'll be at home, you can still say, let me try. But assuming you are going to Nigeria, and I tell you that eh, I am not sure if you are going to meet me at home, what are you going to say? Please, can, can you tell me when you are sure? What, why is that important? Because one, you can come back. The other one, it takes you time to come back. So, when you are talking about the soul of a man, when he leaves this world, there is no coming back. So, you cannot leave. That's why Jesus never spoke in such a way that we speak now. I say, hey, you know, it doesn't, you, nobody really knows. Everybody will get there and just find out what will happen. It's because, one, we have not understood what the value of soul is for God not to be clear on what, it, on, on what matters. Because God knows once that soul leaves this world, you cannot change anything again. So it will be wrong for him to be saying to you that, uh, you know, uh, nobody really understands this thing, you know? don't worry. When, when shall I get there? Something will happen. But that is what we talk about. But that is not scriptures. And the reason why the Bible is very clear is because it knows that a soul cannot be replaced. There is nothing you can do to buy it back. Once it is gone, it is gone. And so it is important that the Bible is clear on it. Another reason why the Bible has to be clear on it is that there are people who have come before us into this world and there are people who will come after we leave. So God cannot be having one standard for you, one standard for you, one standard for you. One standard. You think like that because it is your own personal issue. But when you are not sitting in a position of God, when he has billions of people that are going to appear before him, and the Bible calls him a just God. Why, why is somebody just? There is a standard, and that is what I'm telling you. Nobody is just if I cannot tell you what the standard is. 
if it is going to be abracadabra, whatever it is happens, happens. The reason why you would not, you, you would, you would be challenging to see a Christian in this, in, in, in this part of the world, in this part of the world, who would be prepared to be slaughtered for the gospel is because we are not, we preach a gospel that is not clear. We were talking about this the other day and um, we were sharing a couple of things and I said, If you have ever, uh, and I've, I've uh, by God's grace, you know, by God's grace, I've had the privilege of pastoring in the core, 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 core north of Nigeria, at the border of Nigeria, where Boko Haram is now having a field day. In those places, the gospel they preach there is different from what you're preaching. What matters to you does not matter to them. The reason why <laughs> the reason, that's one of the challenges I see is that if you will not be able to understand now this, you will not be able to understand why somebody in Iraq or Afghanistan okay let me give you an example there are pastors when the Taliban took over in Afghanistan. There are some pastors that went abroad for training and, Afghan, sorry, and Taliban took over. Before they left, there were some places where Taliban was already gathering Christians and shooting them. Do you know what they did? They took the flight tickets back and smuggled themselves back to the country. Because they would not leave the, 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 the gathering of the people that God has placed in their hands. When most people were running out, they were coming in. Which gospel did they hear? If the valuation of the soul is wrong, then the problem would be that we would may not, and Jesus was very clear. The Bible will say that when Jesus is speaking, when you go to Matthew chapter 7, the Bible says, everyone who hears this word of mine and does them is, will not be, uh, uh, does not put them into practice. It's like a foolish man who builds a house on, who, who, build, who builds his house on sand. The rain comes down and the streams, and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat it against the house. And that it fell with a, a great crash. Let's read on this. The Bible now says that um, the Bible says that when he finished, the Bible says when he finished saying these things, the crowd were amazed at his teaching. Why? Because he preached with one that had authority, not like other teachers of the law. So the difference in Jesus and teachers of the law, he was clear and he told you straight what you needed to do. The other one were saying, eh, you know, okay, ah, it's okay this way, don't worry. All I'm trying to say as we begin to look into this, the Bible is extremely clear. John chapter 15, verse um, 15 to 18, it says that everyone who be who, who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whosoever believes in him shall not perish. Please, not shall is a definite statement. Shall not perish, but have an everlasting life. But God did not send his son to condemn the world, but to save, but to save the world through him. That is the part people quote and leave it there. But when you go to verse 18, that same scripture, it says, whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe in him stands condemned already. We don't, see, that's why I said, the Bible is very clear. You may not accept it. 
But the Bible is extremely clear. So if somebody now makes a statement like this, would you know what some someone say, how can you, are you God? But the Bible clearly states what it means. People may, miss, may read whatever they want to read into scriptures. But one thing I have discovered about scriptures, the Bible is extremely clear what it, what it means. The Bible is not ambiguous. The Bible doesn't ask you to go into the spirit and go and get it. It tells you clearly. There are certain things that maybe you may still, but when it comes to the issue of eternity and the soul of men, the Bible is extremely clear. Why? Because in that case, there is no, see, you can say that maybe God wants me to prosper and you are not pro, uh, prospering and you are still thinking that, you know, those things are still, okay, oh, I pray for this, I'm still waiting. Those things are still debated, you know. You can say that, ah, oh, no, the Bible says waiting, why? The Bible says no. Uh, but when it comes to soul, there is no ambiguity. Why? Because there is no turning back. And that is one thing that the Bible is clear about. And when we begin to understand this, then you understand what is so, what, what is the, you know, you know, um, if you go um, to Matthew chapter 16, we just read that scripture in the defense. He said, he said what, what good will it be for somebody to gain this whole world, not yet for it is so? Or what, what can anyone give in exchange for their soul. Can I say one thing to you? Is that as I as you read a scripture that the Bible talks about the fact that one one, one, uh, now. one life, one soul cannot replace another. The way the church, the body of the church is now, as far as God is concerned and how God counts, you see today, or, um, you know, let's use today as an example, is very small. Is not yet three. His soul is the same as Brother Joshua's soul, as far as God is concerned. So when you treat one soul, because I'm what they mean, and that soul, as far as God is concerned, God does not categorize soul. A soul is a soul. So what that means is that as a parent also, the child that I have, that soul is one. I cannot, no, no matter how many souls you find, it is still, that's why when we see, um, um, the script, let's, let's just read the scripture, Matthew chapter 18. We're going to Matthew chapter 18. The Bible says, what do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep, and one of them wanders away. Will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go and look for one that has wandered off? If he finds it, I tell you, he's happier about that one than the ninety-nine that wandered off. In the same way, the Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones Please note the word little ones. Another version will say, any of these children perish. And at times you will see God is helping us. And I'm not saying that I know that different places have capacity. I'm just trying to make you understand why we do certain things. Last night, as 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 challenging as things were, in terms of my time and things and things like that, we had to. I and the teachers had to go through what the children are going to be taught today in Sunday school. Because there are a soul also there. 
crime. It doesn't even matter. Try to come. Let them be doing. No, it is a, that is a soul. As far as God is concerned, because you have ninety-nine thousand elders here, that ninety-nine thousand elders cannot replace one soul there. Why? Because a soul has no replacement. And that brings me to this, is that I hope that we will be able to, they'll be giving this out at some time. We bought this one, it's not, it's not um, you don't have to pay for it. These are children-led devotions. You have one for um, a younger age, and one for the, um, okay, sorry, this is 5 to 8, 9 to 12. Basically, what is in it is that they will be able to lead devotion in the house. And they would have a scripture there that they can read and teach. The reason is that they are souls. They are, and as far as God is concerned, even the baby that walked into the church is another soul. So we cannot just say, hey, give them biscuits. Let them go and let them go and play football. By the time that they get older, when they need God, then they will know. That is not accurate counting by God. And that is what I wanted to point out here, that one soul cannot replace another. And it is, it is extremely important that we know. He now said, he said, any of these little ones. Now, if you read on, we, we just, if you go to the next one, please. If you, I'm just going to move back further, a little bit to verse 5 of that same chapter. He said, whoever welcomes one such, one such child in my, in my name welcomes me. If anyone causes this little one, those who believe in me to stumble, it is better for them not. It is better for them not to have to have a large stone milestone hung around their neck and be thrown down from, from and be thrown down in the depth of the sea. Yes. Woe to um, woe to the world. Sorry, are we? What did you just? Um, okay, yeah. Let's come on, please. Woe to the world because of this. Cause people to uh, uh, sorry because these things that cause people to stumble, such things must come. But what to the person through which they come? If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. We'll talk about that. But what I'm telling you, Jesus is saying, all these uh, you know people who say they're just children. You are saying it's better that person is not born. I'm not the child. The person that allows that to happen. Why? Because it is a soul. You cannot replace that soul. Does this make sense to us? You know, we are trying to our best to manage the leading of service and things like that. We're, we're talking about it, and one of the things we were saying was that we were trying to make sure that if he spends as little time as possible leading the service here, we want him to go there and go and feed his soul. So a soul cannot be replaced. There is nothing you can use in exchange for it. There is nothing you can use in exchange for it. See, when you read this scripture, <laughs> I will give an example of Babo Badari gave an illustration. Babo Badari then when he was alive, Baba had a revelation or maybe a dream or something. He went to heaven. He now saw his house in heaven at a window level. So at this level. I said, God, with all that I have done, 
And God said, yes. He said, people's eyes and people are getting healed. People are getting delivered. God said, yes. But the problem is that they are getting healed, but they are not saved. So the interpretation of Jesus is that it is better you cut off that hand and you get saved than for you to get that healing and think that God is okay with you and go and live and continue to live your life with this. When Baba came back, Baba was hearing, Baba said, yes, I want to see all this. I, I must get you to them. See, sit down. <laughs> it is a waste of time as far as God is concerned. Because if that soul is not saved, it is what you are doing. You are just taking care of the clothes. The inside is not dealt with. And when, and I will begin to show you at times, see when, when, when the Bible begins to begins to try to explain these things to us, especially for those that God has given grace to become shepherds. Because the way you would see things is will probably be different. Because Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17 says, Obey your spiritual leaders and do not say, sorry, and do what they say. He said, Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable before God. So, God will not say, How many people became millionaires? He will say, How many souls were saved? And please, I am also saying this because I, I am under somebody. It is not a license. See, the Bible says that 99 was left. And went to look at one. Do you know what the Bible qualifies that one that went? The one that is lost. So if I know the way to the church, and I'm saying I am not lost. I have relocated myself. Or not relocated. I, I, have, I, have, I don't want to be found. Because at times, at this way, people need to read the Bible well. That's why when there was a man that came to Jesus, and Jesus told him, the rich man, and he said, no. The Bible says, when Jesus said, go and sell everything, and the Bible says he felt back and he went. The Bible never said Jesus changed him. Why? Because he's not lost. It is important also that as a person, I understand what the Bible says that is a sheep that is lost. When you slew, when you are looking for a sheep that is lost, do you know one of the things that the shepherd does? Because he's just talking in that context. They will be doing some kind of sounds so that the sheep can hear. Then do you know what the sheep will do? Immediately the sound is raised, he will respond. Again, you will see Jesus illustrate this when talk about the Omoni no Kuno and the father. The father left his house and stood at the gate entrance. And the son had to come also from the other way to meet the father. So it is important. And that's why I'm trying to tell people that the Bible is extremely clear. The Bible doesn't say what you think it says. It tells you what it's saying. It tells you what he's saying. Now, why is this important also and our whole lives as Christians? The Bible says in James chapter 1 verse 21, the Bible says, So get rid of all filthiness and evil and the evil in your lives. Humbly accept the word of God that is planted into your heart, for he has the power to save your soul. So when there is no teaching of God's word, the soul will not be able to survive. So when they say that, let your children sit down and read the Bible, 
It is not that they cannot do any other thing. These things are extremely important. You know, we would do a workshop. The, the lady who wrote this book, she's white. She would, she would do, I think we're trying to arrange some Kriani sessions as well. So if parents have challenges or things going around the book, then we'll be able to, we'll be able to go through it. See, it is, all I'm saying is that, it says that, it says the word of God, which is able to save your life. We are talking about the value of the soul. Let's go to Luke chapter 12. The Bible talks about the, the Bible talks about um, the, the Bible talks about a rich man who had, who had, who had done everything right. And the Bible says that he now the Bible, the Bible talks the fact that he now says that, you know, I have, I have, I am okay. I have fully, I, I've done everything right. And the Bible says that he says, the Bible says that he says, he says, he says, now it is not time for me to rest. And if you go to that verse 19, the Bible says that, uh, the Bible says that the verse 19 says, uh, let's go to verse 19, please. The Bible says, and I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take it easy. Eat, drink, and marry. But, the, but God said to him, fool. He said, this night your soul is required. He was focusing alone on the physical things. He left his soul on catered for. We are not saying, the Bible is not saying that you cannot be prosperous. But the Bible is saying you are, the only safe thing is for you to be prosperous as your soul prospers. Because if your soul does not prosper and you are prospering financially, that finances will lead you to hell. John, John, start John chapter 3. He says, Beloved, I pray in every way that you may succeed and prosper and be in good health physically, just as I know your soul is prosperous spiritually. How do you feed your soul? What is the, can I say this as I come to this also? And I have learned this. You cannot, see this is the biblical pattern. Ministry cannot save your soul. The biblical pattern is that you save yourself and those who listen to you. If you, if you do everything at the expense of your whole soul, you are in trouble. I met a friend. I have a friend. One day he called me. He said, Byron. I said, yes, sir. He said, said, I have not, he used this statement. He said, I have not read the Bible for myself in over two or three months. And this guy has been preaching every Sunday. Why? How, how is that possible? Because you are only preparing for others. You are not looking after your own soul. So when we go to first, uh, second Timothy, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 16, it says, keep Close words to how you live and on your teaching. So, 
you too, as you are teaching it, be aware of what you are teaching. He said, stay, or stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. Some people have lost their salvation as a result of doing ministry. Saving people is not the same as saving your own soul. It is extremely important. Ha. See, if you are not careful, you can save other people and lose yourself. Please, one thing you need to understand about God, this is the thing I struggle with also as a person. The Bible says that people came and said, we did this, did this in your name. Jesus never said you didn't do that. The Bible says that, he said, go away, I don't know you. He didn't say, I didn't know what you did. I don't know you. See, one thing I want you to understand is that God can shift between being your father and being your boss or your creator. So your creator means that if God is also operating with you as your creator, he is just like the way he did to the donkey. The donkey gets results, he gives him more power, he gets more results, and that's what the Bible says that there are some, um, the Bible talks about that there are some vessels, some unto honor, some unto dishonor. They are all vessels. I'll give you a personal example. There was one day I, I did something wrong. And the next day I went to a church by God's grace to do ministration. And in that ministration the power of God moved. People were it was almost difficult for people to sit on their seats. That's how, as the Spirit of God was throwing people up. So I got home and I said, God, ah, thank you, today was good. And I'll never forget that thing because he, he stuck with me. He said, if you think that what I did today is an approval of yourself, you will end up in hell. Mm. <clears throat> you know, if God is, God is still moving. <laughs> and you think that's an approval for you. No. God is, is approving the name of his son, not you. It's important that anyone, no matter what God has called you to do, that you can be, you can stand on your toe and, and interpret 32,000 people as you go. Afterwards, as far as God is concerned, that soul is God. Somebody, see, this is the way I think. I was university. Somebody called, somebody said, Ah, God said to me, You are, you are a sign to people, to me, and to the nations. I said, Thank you. I went to my room and said, God. There are different signs. <laughs> there is a signboard. It tells you where you are going. But he goes nowhere. Say, God, please. I don't want to be a signboard. See, they used to say something in India that some people, I've never met them, but I've asked many about them, that you know, people can describe Oxford Street for you, who can tell you that you know, if you go here, you meet this, you meet that. Ah, I'll go to London. Okay, ah, they might take war bus 25. They've never been there. <laughs> but they can tell you every single angle about London. I beg you by the mercies of God. See, and I've been hoping to you, there are times when God is speaking about me in church. And I know that there is something that is not clear. When God says, ah, me. I am proud of you. I say in my mind, not on you. See, once you understand how God works, because he's saying to you that this and this, because, see, 
God works on principles. So, if you give, if you keep giving, you will prosper. That does not mean you're going to heaven. If you fast, ask for power, you will get power, you will heal people, but that does not mean you're going to heaven. But when people do not understand the principles of God, you will think that because God has said that, ah, you know, when you get to God, God says, ah, thank you for healing all that people. Okay, let us talk about your soul. But at times, that is always a challenge for me when I speak to people at times because there are some people that I am, I'm like to you, I pray to God, God, please, can you just stop using this person? Because the person doesn't understand what is going on. As far as they see, God is using them. But the soul is lost. I've seen this where God has told you, sorry, God, it's not even me. God told, told something. Tell him to tell this person. I know that this is what you have been called from heaven. You said that it's God that called you from heaven to do this. God says, sit down. But if you tell that person to sit down, you will take offense. Because as far as they are concerned, what they are doing is important. As far as God is concerned, it is not relevant. Because he would rather save your soul than you work for him. And that's why he said to, he said, save your own soul first. I am not saying don't do God's work, but please be checking on yourself. Don't allow signs and wonders to deceive you. You know, there was one day that I and my wife had misunderstanding and we went to, we couldn't resolve it, so we went to administration. I missed that she was in the crowd. And again, God moved. So the next day, so we got home late. So the next day, we, I was called, I was okay, you know what? Let's try to resolve this thing. You know, I'm sorry about X, Y, Z. She was, she was still at me. She said, ah, God is using you now. And you know, Go, 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 go. You know, you have to go, go now. I said, ah, I said, I cannot be fooled. I said, I know. <laughs> when I'm a Calypho, I know my stand with God. I understand, I have understood these things. That I am seeing that people are moving under the anointing of God is not an approval of my, of my character. So I said, let us resolve it here. See, those ones, they will see another person that will eat them or pray for them. Let us resolve this issue here. Because, you know, and we resolved it that morning and we went to church. But some people say, you know, you know people are say, but yeah, you hear my mom. A prophet called, and now I don't know the details of it. And I was going to start talking about this. I don't know the details of it. There was a prophet that, a, a prophet that married, um, he, he, he married two couples in his church. So what happened was that the um, they gave way back gave back one two three children. So I think four. So the one of the children fell sick. So they had to do a blood transfusion and things like that. So cut long story short, they they, they did um, blood. They took the blood of the, of the father to try to decide. So it did match. So then, back and forth, the prophet or the pastor of the church had hold three of those children and things like that, you know, and, and you know, so basically, now, this is the challenge when the guy was concerned and he called me, and it was the God that called him. So, because people were talking, so he now decided to, um, they now moved the new, he married the new wife, because the wife, the other person he left, so he married her, and... It did not stop there. So he now, because there was chaos in the church or whatever the case may be, or between the two wives and things and things like that. So he now created another branch for the new wife, and the new wife is now the pastor of that new branch. <laughs> so now what happened that they now went on the mountain and there was a gathering of prophets across the country. So God now stood that man and said, 
Oluwa so ni pe mo ri se owo e to oku se Olorun. So the guy was saying, "Pastor, <laughs> what is this that this man is doing?" And I said, "You don't understand how God lays his principles." I said, "The problem now is that that man would think because he doesn't read and understand the standard of scripture, would think that because God has said, Okushe me, he will say, ah, ah, God has spoken. But he refines himself in hell. These are things that at times, you know, it may look like, ah, uh, this person is not too concerned. There are some things that, you know, Jesus said, cut the hand off. May God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So quickly, because of our time. So he says, now let's go to Revelation chapter 8. 18, sorry. Um, we have, we just want to, okay, the Bible is talking about Babylon and Jezebel. If I, if I go to verse 9, the Bible says that the king, um, the kings of the earth committed fornication and lived luxuriously with her. With with, with her, we weep and lament for her. When when this when they, when they see the smoke of her burning. Let's read on, please. Now, I'm just going to go to um, verse 11 again, I'm just going to jump. He said, And the merchants of the heart weep and mourn over her, for she, for no one buys a merchandise anymore. Let's read it, please. He said, A merchandise of gold, silver, precious stones, and pearls, fine linen and purple, silk and scarlet, every kind of citron wood. Every kind of I've, I've, that this is all wealth. People who are merchandising with that are selling their soul for those kind of things. Let's read on, please. Now it did not stop there. It now went on to say incense, fragrant oil, frankincense, wine, and oil. What is saying? People who trade ministry for their soul, who trade anointing for their soul. It says the final and wit and castle and castle and the verse 14 says the fruit the, the, the fruit that your soul longs for has gone from you. Let's read okay. The Bible the Bible says that the Bible says in verse 15, it says, the merchant of these things who become um, rich. And by a stand at a distance, fair you know, for wailing and things like that. So basically, what he's saying in essence is that those who merchandise these things, it is because he said their soul is what is used as an exchange. I beg of you by the message of God. Give your heart and your life to God. Except a man gives his life to Christ, saying, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life, and live his life in the conduct, in the fear of that, that soul is lost. That soul is lost. You know, and we would, we would use the particular parts to pray. I think one of the things I'm just going to say is that the reason why you need to keep feeding your soul with the whole diluted word of God is that the more you feed your soul, see, whatever sin you commit, the way the Bible sees it, I commit, anybody commits, is nobody makes you sin. The Bible says it is your evil desire because your soul is not fully, fully reprogrammed. That you are still saying that, you know, maybe I will do this or that. 
So that's why the Bible says, focus on developing your soul. Feed your soul with the word of God. As it becomes stronger and stronger, it can withstand all those things that is coming your way. May God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. First Peter chapter 2. That's the last Peter. He said, Dear friends, I hold you. As foreigners and exiles, abstain from sinful desires, which is waging war against your soul. Ah, if only we can read scripture the way scripture is. So the desire to, to lie is war against my soul. At times, what we call war, spiritually, as far as God is concerned, is not war. You say, ah, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, there is nobody that cannot, you know, that issues, that people, make, people make challenges, yes. But do you see it as a battle for your soul? Or do you just think that it is one of those things that happen? See, you know, I used to say to, I said, I was saying to some of this, I said, there are some visions that if it comes out to you in church, and my mom is there, you're in trouble. <laughs> Vision like a uh, God saved you from all those your friends are carrying knife. You think that is vision? You will come home and come and tell her. How come that kind of vision is your vision? So as soon as they are saying certain visions, they are looking at her face from afar. See, all this, it is not that people say, God spoke to me. That God said that, you know, oh, thank God that nobody got pregnant for you. Is that vision? <laughs> You will say that you know that kind of vision. Ah, so <laughs> and they are giving you the you know, they write the vision on the paper and give it to you. You'll be hanging around <laughs> because you know you will call and say, ah, did I hear when? Is that vision for you? In my house? See, all the vision is not vision. When you are seeing vision to a married man saying, God says that ah. Is that vision? Vision that you'll be crying about. Say, ah, God just spoke to me. That what? That no lady will get pregnant from me. I'm begging you by the mercies of God. What am I trying to say is that, please, at times, see, at times, so many things that people say, at times, I just look and I just shake my head. And you think that is deep revelation? Your friends are carrying knife. God said that I take you out of the friends that carry knife. How? How did you get to the point? I'm not saying that, see, you can be robbed in God forbid. But what I'm trying to say is that when you begin to treasure your soul, you will know that you know there are certain things I need to move away from. But what you need to do is to put your soul in the place where it can be fed. You have the ability to move away, but you just need to strengthen your soul. Can I ask a question tonight, this evening as we close? What do you think is can be exchanged for your soul? How is it possible that people are planning for retirement? But yet, nobody is thinking about what will happen after now. When you, if somebody grows old and you put savings for your children, you are looking after them. You have not looked after yourself. Because to look after yourself is to say that when I close my eyes today, I know where I'm going. And please, don't live in this kind of world. Nobody knows. No. You can know. <coughs> Give your life to Christ and begin to feed your soul. 
things that are warring against your soul. And if you are, if you know that things are, then you know that you are at war. Then what you are doing, that you are praying and treating it as war. No, you will not do something that somebody will say, they say hey, but I'm still young. Have you had visions that will say that, ah, or people, not visions, people will say that, I know, oh, they are still young, this is their time. So basically what you are saying is that, allow them, allow, allow war, allow them to be, to be conquered, their soul to be lost. That is what we are saying. People say, you know, you know at this age now, they should, they should enjoy life. At the expense of their soul. Please, all I'm saying to you is that place value on your soul. Do everything to make sure. See, can I end it this way? If you value your soul, you value the soul of your children. If you don't value your own, you cannot value your children's soul the way you ought to be. You cannot value what you do to know. May God grant us grace. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.